With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, Liverpool played uh, Man City on Sunday. Um, Obviously, a devastating defeat for us. Um, Here to pick the bones out of that that game and then to chat about the future, where we go from here. I'm joined by Sir Kenny and Paul Dalgleish. Welcome, guys. Just uh, go straight into it. The team lineup, um, we've got we've got a really strong team. Uh, Fabinho Henderson playing at centre half. He's chosen none of the new signings. Kenny, what was your thoughts when you you saw the team lineup? Yeah, but it was the strongest team in Jurgen's mind you could put out on the pitch. Um, but for me, you're still you're taking away the basics here, the midfield. You're taking mm-hmm. away Jordan, you're taking away Fabinho. There's no other thing you can do. You've got to do it. So, and also because of the run of the injuries that, that has been, there's guys that are playing, like, Murray started three games in a row there. Mm-hmm. And he's 35 years of age. It's, it's a big ask. You know, I know he came off at, at, top, at West Ham when Curtis went in the run and gave it to Mo and he slotted it in. Because he was laughing with Jurgen on the, on the side of the pitch. But I think that the number of games, I think, just seem to be catching up on them because the players that have been available um, are unavailable through injury or forced that Jurgen to probably play some players more often than he would. And I think that one or two of them just maybe run out of legs. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the run that we're in at the moment, everything you do is wrong. Everything. And then you start to doubt yourself. Alison, two poor kickouts and we lose two goals. Alison's been magnificent for us. He's been he's been as much of a contribution to the success his last year uh, as Virgil for me. Because he's got a real presence. And you know, you're stuck with him one on one and it's by the way, he's an intimidating figure that you look at it and you, you find it hard to beat him. So it's just everything just seems to be going wrong. You just see the players maybe just spend that extra second, they go through, they want to make a pass or, or shoot a shoot, and they have the doubt in their mind. Whereas last year they were just going blind. Yeah. And last year they seemed to be getting an awful lot more efforts on goal as well as scoring a lot more. This year they don't seem to have as many. I mean, I, I think against Man City there wasn't that many efforts at all. I think and Manny had a chance just after half-time. Um, but for me, the, the, the City game started off like it, the game at Etihad. It was brilliant. The quality of the passing and the goalkeepers weren't tested, but the quality of the passing and everything was was brilliant. The speed of play for both teams was brilliant. And we, we just ended up on the wrong side there. A heavy defeat. Paul, just going back to the signings, um, you know, you, from being a manager yourself, there's a temptation to throw them straight in. But in reality, is that actually even possible if they've only trained for four days before the game? 
It depends. Every, every situation is different. Obviously, you want you want to try and have players as ready as possible to to go into a game. But being available is sometimes more important than being ready. And you know, every every situation is is unique. You know, obviously, um, Jurgen's looked at it, weighed it up, gone uh, for the amount of training that Kabak and, and Davies have done. It's better to go with. Uh, the two midfielders at, at centre back, um, and to be fair, you know I, I pick up on what my dad said earlier about uh, you lose out in midfield on that little bit of presence in there. They're, they're two of the players that have got a little bit of presence in there, a little bit more defensive tendencies, if you like. So you, although they did all right at centre back, you do miss that type of player in midfield because you've got you know. Tiago in there, who's, you know, I, I, to be fair to Tiago, he surprised me defensively how uh, how much he's competed and even even the amount of times he's won things in the air and and you know I, I wasn't expecting that, but when Aldum and, and Curtis Jones, the more that kind of connector type midfielder rather than the destroyer type, so you do you do, you do miss them there, but obviously I think that I don't think Davis was brought in at any stage to play games. He's that was pure. I think they just saw the guy. There's a guy there whose contract's running out in, in, in six months' time. There was a bit of interest in him from other places. It was a good deal. They probably can sell him on um, in six, 12 months when everybody's fit and make a profit. So that, that I think that was more, uh, this is quite a good deal. Whereas the Quebec one, I expect to see him play. I think that maybe next time, if, if he's ready, if he's trained well, I think he'll be. I think he'll be in the team next time. Kelly, just to pick something up that you said before, um, I, I, <laughs> this is, I don't know whether I want to disagree with you, but in the first half, I thought we were our passing was quite slow, um, and that was one of the problems that we had. I think we started quickly. Yeah, it might have got slower as the game went on, mm. but for me, it started quickly, and it was the same at. At the Etihad, both teams were firing it into each other. Yeah. Um, the information was I, a question, I think. I, I did what it was at, at the Etihad. But I don't think Thiago, I think he's, he's a brilliant player. He's, he looks a player. He look, When he's got it, I mean, he'll be like a, a can opener or a tin opener. He'll be able to pass things through between people that maybe you don't expect. And we've got to get used to playing with him. The same as he's got to get used to playing with us. Yeah. And as of yet, because of everybody else is having to move about, I don't think we've seen him in the in the position that, that he'll be best in. And that's just sitting in front of the the two centre backs and knocking passes all over the place. He came in, his first game was against Chelsea, come came on as a sub labor down to ten men and he just controlled the game. Yeah. I think one misplaced pass. So you know you know what he is. But as Paul said, I'm pleasantly surprised where he's he's clogged up a few bookings, which means he doesn't he doesn't mind a challenge, but also means he's got to time it a wee bit better <laughs> or he'll be getting a wee yeah. holiday during the season. <laughs> but I think I think he's half decent. It's, you can't weaken. That's two parts of your team right through the middle that's weakened. The two strong midfield players have gone into the two centre-backs positions. 
as good as he might play and as genuine as they are, that's not a natural position. And for two of them to play there at the same time, it's a big ask, especially against a team of the quality of Man City. Do, do you know, Dad, I, what I would say is, and then it's probably going to tie in both of your comments, Gav thinking it was slow. I think our movement was slow. I did think we passed the ball firm. Um, but there was times where, where when we get it, just the movement off the ball. I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed in the last few weeks. It's that movement off the ball, you know, that dynamic runs in behind. I mean, you, you see Salah do it all the time still. Um, you see Andy Robbo doing it. But even the likes of, of um, uh, Trent, I would say, at this moment in time, he, he's, he's tending to get into a decent area and then forcing across when there's not really anybody in there. Or when the targets in there, uh, uh, maybe it's a mismatch. If you think about the Brighton game, when they had three centre backs and then the the guy on the left hand side, Burn, who must be six seven, yeah, he's six, and we're putting crosses, we're putting crosses in the box. Um, but even Mane for me, I love Mane. I think he's been amazing, but it's he's coming short to get on the ball now as well. And and I just don't think we have that that um, you know that cutting edge with our movement in the final third. I don't think we're making enough runs in behind. I don't think we've got enough people running away from the ball. A lot of people are coming towards it. And that's what happens when you're a little bit low on confidence. Sometimes because you, you just want to try and take the easier option. Come and get a touch, come towards the ball, get a touch, get your confidence up. And if there's two or three people doing that, then all of a sudden you can end up with quite sterile play without much penetration. Um, and and I've, got to, I've got to put that in brackets really because I think that teams at this moment in time seem to have settled upon a formula to play against Liverpool which is allow them to get wide and cross the ball and we'll defend it that, that seems to be the game plan if you look at a lot of the teams um, with the exception of Man City who, who really come, came and went toe-to-toe most teams have been playing very, very, very narrow defensive uh, units to, to defend deep and defend narrow and allow the outsides of the pitch for us to cross it and then just deal with the crosses. So I think we've got to, you know, we've got to stay one step ahead of that and we've got to go, okay, well, maybe it might be an idea to play with, you know, with wingers in one game. Maybe, maybe say Salah, uh, maybe say Salah, look, you go through the middle, we'll play Manny on one side, we'll play someone else on the other side and we'll try and get some balls into the box, you know, get round the back of the, the opposition back four and get cut back, slow crosses, get numbers in the box. I, I don't know. I think that, you know, I don't think Jürgen's too married to a particular formation. I think he's more married to a style of play. And if teams have, have come up at this moment in time with something that neutralises a little bit, then maybe we need to, to do a little adaptation to the way we play. I think before you have adaptation, anything, you need the players, don't you? Yeah. Well, where are we? I mean, all credit to Curtis Jones, a young boy coming into a team that's no firing in all cylinders. And by the way, he was as good as anybody we had on the pitch against City. And he looks as if he's going to be um, decent. He's going to, he looks as if he's going to be a real good future at Liverpool. But we're no, we're no at our best. It's difficult for him to go in, and he did. I thought he did really well. You made a you made a point earlier, Dad, 
about Thiago, and I think it's the same with Curtis Jones. Thiago looks like a brilliant player. Curtis Jones looks like a brilliant player, but they're different to a Henderson um, or a Fabinho. He's much more composed on the ball, isn't he? Like he holds the ball when he gets it. He, you know, he's got his awareness is good, so he, he always looks where the space is, and then he's always calm. And if you've been playing in a team where you're used to the ball flying round and, and, and playing at high intensity, and Liverpool, they've got a big sign at the, at the, at the stadium that says, our identity is our, our, our intensity is our identity. And now you've got Thiago in there and you've got Curtis Jones in there that maybe play with a little bit more composure, hold the ball a little bit more. Maybe that's why the timing of those runs that I spoke about earlier is just that little bit off. Because you've got two people in there that, play a little bit differently than what we've had in there in the past. When you're unsure, everything just needs to be a fraction of. Yeah. Right? And that's all it is. And it's easy to say, go back to what you were doing last year. It's easy to say it. It's hard to convince them. I mean, everybody knows how well they did last year. Everybody knows. They're a lot better than what they have been in recent weeks. Right? And everybody knows... I mean, Salah's still top goal scorer. Yeah. Right? So yeah. He's, he's banged away a few goals. Yeah. It's a, it's a games we've had against the the bottom six that really, that's, that's shot us in the foot. And the 7-2, yeah. the seven two Villa, I thought Villa did a really good job. He did, um, he did his homework, Smith, and when you see the way he laid them out, even the last goal, that they scored, we had a throw in on their left side, their right side, and really stood away on the left touch line. And as soon as we they won it, they went bang and lost it away across the other side of the pitch. And he picked it up, ran it, tried to get he got a goal, didn't they? He got three deflections, but they, I thought they did well. They did well with the free kick that they scored off as well. Mm-hmm. Kept it on the far post, and they came in. But for us, the boys will be sitting wondering what they have to do. And all they have to do is convince themselves that they are what they are. And they don't need to be arrogant, big-headed or anything. They just need to be confident. Uh, because what they did last year was phenomenal. And by the way... And the year before. They've got it, they've got it well within themselves to turn that on week in, week out. But if there's too many players playing too many games... They find it hard to pick their legs up. Uh, do you know? You know what's? Do you know what's interesting? Uh, perspective is needed. You know, this has been in 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 terms of league consistency for two years. This has been the best Liverpool team ever in terms of points tally at the end of the season for two years. Um, so perspective's needed. I, I, I spoke to Gab yesterday, and we were. It was, I was driving a Taunton in a car, and I said, "You forget. You you know. You forget. It was only a few months ago that." Jordan Henderson shuffling in the cup, lifting the trophy that we've wanted for, for 20 years. You forget that only a few months before that, um, you know, you've got Jamie Webster singing to thousands of people in the square in, in Madrid. We go and win the Champions League. You forget these are some of the most iconic moments um, that you could ever imagine as a, as a Liverpool player. And it was these guys that, that gave us it, the players, the manager. And so the perspectives needed. It's just we we are going through a bad spell. I mean, three. We I can't remember. I heard something on the TV. The last time we lost three games at home 
it was, uh, you know, when the role was, you know, it was years, I think, before you were even at Liverpool, Dad. So it's, it's um, you know, it is, a, it is that you can't sugarcoat it. It isn't a good time. But as my dad said, it, it's, it's not a case of reinventing the wheel. You know, what, what would normally happen in a, in a situation like this if the players had a little bit of wobble? You know, Liverpool fans would, would get behind the team. You know, the, the manager, there'd be a tackle. The manager would turn round, he'd, he'd punch the air and get the fans going. And then that gives everybody a boost. You know, it's the problem at this moment in time is the players are going to have to work it out themselves because they don't have the crowd to lift them in the moment. They don't have the manager. The manager doesn't have the crowd to lift them because I'm, I'm, I've got no doubt in my mind that Liverpool are at the best when the manager's on the, the sideline and he's, he's playing the crowd, getting the crowd behind the team. The team are then responding to the fans getting behind the team. And when the three of them are in sync, Anfield, even away games, their travelling support's been phenomenal for, for the last few years. When the manager is on form and he's playing with the, the supporters and they're working together, it makes a massive difference to the team. And, and I don't think we can underestimate how much, um, how much we are missing having people in the stadium. You know, and, and I think that I feel bad for the players as well because it's, they've never really had the chance for the fans to show them what it meant to them to win the league. You know, obviously we won the league and there's a few people outside the stadium. You know, but they've never had that full Anfield trophy going around the stadium. They've never had that. They've never had the reward for all the work that they put in. You know, and I think that, I think that, you know, I think that as fans, you know, we want to show them that as well and show them what they mean to us. And it's just tough. It's just tough. But as I said, they're going to have to wear that out on their own at the moment. The and the top players, and I've got no doubt that they will. It's never been any different. Mm. There's three parts to the success. Yeah. Management, players, and the punters. Yeah. The crowd. And without the crowd, that affects the other two. Yeah. Because if you've got if the players are just slightly off, the fans can lift them up. Yeah. And certainly they can terrify the opposition. Yeah. You know, I guess you're coming to Anfield now and they're, they're a bit more relaxed because they're not getting put under any pressure. Yeah. It might not be one of their players closing them down, but they know there's 50,000 breathing down their necks. Yeah. Try to go on the pitch to get it. So, yeah. but it's been like that for over a year now. You know that you can't get it. You know you're not comfortable with it. You know you want the pointers in. But we've got to, you've got to get it in your mind. This is just yeah. the way of life. That's, that's, I I understand that, I understand that, Dad. I do. Quickly, and everything, everything, every decision they're making just about now, it's 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 looking as if it's wrong. Everything they make, every decision they're making is wrong. It's and it's no wrong. It's no wrong. They just got to have the confidence, get it. And does it not seem strange? Talking about over the past two years, how good they've been. How European Cup, World Club champions, league champions, the players playing there, loving it, enjoyed the success. When you enjoy something that much, do you know want to go back and get more? Mm. You want to go back and get more and have another bite of it. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with their application, though. 
the way the, the determination to be there. I think it's just a combination of injuries, which I know everybody gets injuries, right? But the num injuries meaning the number of time, number of games players have got to play. They might not always play their games. And you're being very astute with saying, well, we'll take them off or we'll rest them in this or put them somewhere and they can come on. Or... When you're winning, every substitution you make is brilliant. Everything goes well. When you're just looking for a bit of luck, nothing, nothing goes right. You even put your shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a fact of life that you go through. But the answer, and the easiest way to solve the problems, is to look in the mirror, look behind you what's in the mirror. You've got all your trophies, all your success. You've not been carried away with that in any way, shape or form. That's how good you are. Go out and try and repeat it. Well, I, I agree. But what, what you know, on a, listen, I think it's important that it's important that um, we understand that it's it's totally understandable. You know, this is the inconsistency is completely understandable in the most bizarre year that any of us have been on the planet for. It's bizarre, like just a bizarre, bizarre year. Um, so it's understandable. What you know, all we're trying to do here is is break down what we think the reasons are. But there's there's for me, my, I, I agree with my dad that the answer the players have never got carried away with it, and I think that's the the key to it. I don't think that the players have ever judged themselves on the trophies. I think they've judged themselves on the process. I mean, even even when even when we didn't win the league and we came city, second to City by a point or whatever. They, 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 they continued on the process of getting better and playing that way. Uh, even when we lost in the Champions League, they continued on that process. I don't expect any changes, um, dramatic changes. Uh, I, I could see a couple of tweaks just to give players a, you know, a little bit of something new, a little bit of something fresh to, to get excited about, you know, but, but not, nothing too drastic. But just want to go on with that about the fans and, and it's been going on for a year. I've, you know, I think if you mix the style of play that Liverpool have and then you, you look at the style of play that Man City have. Now, Man City play a much more calm type of football, much more controlled, much more composed, you know, much more possession-based. And I think, that if, I think that that type of football would be less affected without fans. Whereas Liverpool's style of play, high-intensity, pressing... Dynamic runs in behind, fueled by the fans, fueled by the manager. I think that's much more affected by, by, um, by the by by not having fans in the stadium. And I also think that if you if you look back, even even after we won the league last year, we kind of stumbled. You know, we we've seen one or two games this season where we we've looked really good, but we. I think that, I think truthfully, and I, there's, you know, there's no, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to point something out that I think's affected us. And I, I think that Liverpool, the team and the manager have been hugely affected by no fans in the stadium. And I think it's disproportionate to, to other teams because of the, imp the importance that they play on, on, on the way that Liverpool play and the tempo they play in. Kenny, let me ask you something. Paul and I spoke yesterday. Wait a minute, Gav. Man City, okay. 53 points. Yeah. Right? 16 games to go. 
for them to match the figures for the last two years, or certainly to match the figure when they won it, they need to win the, the next 16 games, don't they? 53, 3 sixes. What's 3 sixes? 18? 48? So, they'd be got up to over 100. Well, Man City, Man City had a wobble at the start of the season as well. Yeah. They never came back as strong as what they left. And people were writing them off a wee bit. And I think they've won the last 11 games or something. They've won yeah. a, a troop of points recently. And it swings in roundabouts. And although we're no... It's great when there's that high quality in the Premier League, but it's even greater and more enjoyable when you're the one that's the best one. Yeah. At this moment in time, mm-hmm. we're no the best, but we'll prove we can be the best. And there's no reason for us to think or doubt any, anything other than that. And it might need a change here or there. The players have moved on two years, maybe. Then we need maybe the, the we need maybe to strengthen up in one or two areas, spend a few quid in one or two areas, and try and get the ball rolling again. And it would be a felt if the punters were in for us, because I think it would help the players, it would lift the players. Mm. And it would help yeah. them. It would help them at this moment in time. Any little bit that they can do to help would be would be grateful. But mm-hmm. as I say, you've got to do as much as you can possibly do as an individual yourself. You lift it. Yep. Nobody get on the pitch thinking the worst. Go on the pitch believing it's going to be better. If you're enjoying this video so far, please show your support for the Ken Seven channel by subscribing, clicking the like button and also clicking the notifications button as well to get future broadcasts. If you could also share the video on your Twitter and Facebook account, that will show YouTube's algorithm that you like our content. Have you heard about Ken7 merchandise? The link is in the description of this video. We have premium fanware for fans covering Liverpool, Celtic and Scotland. And it's fanware for young and old. So we have t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, caps, mugs, you name it, we've got it. Just something else to remember, every purchase that is made on our website, we donate to the Marina Dalgalish Appeal. So you're helping a great cause as well. Kenny, just what I was going to say before was Paul and I were chatting yesterday and we were chatting during the game, weren't we, mate? And... It looks like it looks to us like the players aren't enjoying playing at the moment. And obviously, when you get beat, you don't enjoy it. But they don't have that joy, that uh, vigor that they used to have for playing and the aggression. I'm just wondering, as a manager, how do you try and get that back? How do you try? I mean, obviously, if you, you say, well, when you start winning, you'll you'll enjoy it again. But it, it, how do you try and get that back day to day? You're in, you're in Kirby. You, you you're training them. You know what do you do? Well. They themselves have got to overcome the negativity in their head. All you can do in the manager is point them in the right direction and say, encourage them, go through what they've done before, repeat what you've done before. You've played against all these most of these teams previously. You know how to play them. You know what each individual you're up against is. You know what mindset is. You know their principles, their beliefs. It's not just down to the manager. Going and doing this homework and setting the team out to play. Yeah, if you, you never, the team he set out was a good enough team to go on there. And it was set up in a, in a 
good enough way to cope with Man City. And they did for a long time. But they, the players, it comes back to the players themselves as individuals. They want to look forward to going out there. Mm. They, they need to look forward to going out. And when you, I would have thought, although the punters, we said earlier, that the supporters at the ground helped Liverpool and, and put a bit of fear into the opposition. Also, it might be helpful that at this moment in time when it's not gone so well, that there's no punters there. <laughs> yeah. Because they might be oh. going there with a negative thought in their mind, oh no, I don't know if they'll be happy. I'll tell you one thing is guaranteed, and they should know this because they've experienced it, how supportive they actually are. And seeing your hour of need, that's when they become even stronger. Yeah. So you give them something to shout at or shout for. And when they start coming back in, they'll remember that. But as I say, I don't think anybody's tried to sweep any problems that they've identified with the, with the performances under the carpet and say, well, yeah, it'll come back. It won't come back. It'll come back if you work and you believe that it's going to come back. It won't just come back itself. You never just won the league because you wanted to win it. You won the league because you were the best and you played brilliantly. And that's what you've got to do to get out of it as well. Mm. Paul, you, um, I was going to ask you both. There's a very, it's an old football cliche um, where a team is having a bad run. And then you see in the press, well, it, the captain called a team meeting of just the players and they had a private chat, very frank and honest chat. And then you see the results improve. I'm sure it's not as simple as that. But in Paul, in your experience, and then and then Kenny afterwards, have you ever been involved in that sort of thing or have you encouraged it as a manager? Well, that, that's what I was going to ask my dad about, Gav. So uh, this has happened before at Liverpool when my dad was at Liverpool. So I wanted to try and pick your brains, Dad. So, Liverpool won the league in 79-80, finished first, right? Won the league. They won the league in 81-82 yeah. as well. But in 80-81, they finished fifth. But they, they still won the Champions League. So, for me, this, what we're looking at now has happened before to arguably the greatest team. If you look at the the success of Liverpool over those 19, 20 years, that was the only time that Liverpool finished outside the top two, was that year they finished fifth. So Liverpool have won the league and finished fifth before, back in where, where you know, the, the iconic teams of when, when my dad played. And I'd, what I'd love to know, Dad, is how, you know, what were the discussions between players and then what were the discussions between you know, how did how did you deal with that psychologically as a team that were used to winning or finishing first or second every year? Now, all of a sudden, one season, you finish fifth. See, the year after they finished fifth, at Christmas, the guy was on, spoke to me during the week, he said, they do an electronic programme, right, for Man City and Liverpool. He said, could you do a piece? See if you remember the game. I think it was... Must have been 81, December 81 or something. We can beat 3 1 with City. I said, Well, that's why you want to talk about it. I said, We could beat 3 1 at Anfield in December and we were 13th or 14th in the league. And we in the won. following season, after you finished fifth, we won the league. 
the year after we finished fifth, and we at Christmas we were we were thirteenth or fourteenth or something. But what when you look back now? When you look back now, why why what do you think happened? Because obviously there was no COVID. There was just great players, great managers, coaching staff, and the team just wasn't performing at the level. Was it unlucky? Was it was the things going on? Well, I can't even remember. I just remember because the guy asked me to do an interview, I remember the yeah. game at Anfield when they beat his city because yeah. I think it was the last time they'd won at Anfield. Right. Uh, but I, I don't... I mean, they couldn't have been too bad if they won the European Cup. Could they? Basic, yeah. No, that's no, it, but, it was just, but I'm just interested about, you know, like the, it would have been... Uh, Bob Paisley been. in charge then, right? Who? It would have been Bob Paisley in charge. Yeah, was that? So, like, how, did did he stay consistent? Can you remember? Paul, they were always consistent, right? Yeah. They were always consistent. The staff would go away and they would look at what they were doing. If they changed anything, if they used to have a, you've heard of the A4 scrapbook, right? The writing pad. They, they detailed the training every day, when we trained, who trained, how long we trained for, what we did in that training session, any injuries, and they went through everything. And if they got if they got a couple of injuries, two or three injuries that were repetitive, right, they would change the trainer because they thought they were doing something wrong. So they went away and they looked at themselves. And if they looked at themselves, then as a player... You can't. You you shouldn't be pointing all the blame towards them. That's the whole lot. You don't only be successful if everybody's in the same hymn sheet. So mm. they just everybody look at themselves. Say, am I doing things properly? Am I doing things the way I was doing it before? If I get the same drive, the same desire to go out and play because I've got the ability, what do we do? If you all go in together, you've got a great chance. But you're not going to agree. If you start pointing fingers and blaming things and saying, or taking the, the easy way out, just saying, oh, we were unlucky. Yeah, you're unlucky. But by the way, you've got to overcome that. You forget all the times when you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Have you you don't dismiss your success if you were lucky, do you? <clears throat> so you've, no. you've got to, you can't, you can't overthink the defeats if you're unlucky. No. And, if you're successful, you don't think of the mistakes, do you? And in a game, you, if you want, there's a lot of times yeah. successful, there's a lot of times yeah. that you did one. Yeah, it's outcome bias. So basically, you 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 analyse the outcome, not so much what actually happened. Well, you can look at games, Paul, and say, how did we win that? But you've got to walk away with three points. Yeah. Brilliant. But you don't think about it too much, do you? You don't even want to analyse it. You just no. want to walk away and go, OK, we got lucky done, there. Let's everything you've done now good. Everything you've done has been correct. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a difference between, if, it's a, if it was a superstition or whether it was just a, a, no, no, a ritual, um, a way of preparing for the game. And it starts in, it started in the house for me. Shaving, right? And if you started that side and you get beat, you went, oh, 
I should have started that side. And then you jump the car and you, you're driving to the ground and you go, well, I went this I went this way the last time and it's habit. I don't think it does it help it helps you mentally, it helps you uh, to get out onto the pitch if you're comfortable. And obviously if you if you saw a a magpie or something Looking for another one, you, you, and then you want to see. <laughs> <laughs> no shoes on the table. That was one of your big ones. No shoes on the table. Ah, I need boots. And then, but let me ask you a question. Say someone, say a boot, say you got a new pair of boots and someone put them on the table. Would you have worn them in a game? No. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have just got rid of them. <laughs> You'd have given them to someone. <laughs> I wouldn't have no idea. I wouldn't have worn them. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's brilliant. But footballers are, are, are always like that. Did you have any weird things like that, Paul? I don't know. No matter what I did, I was shit. So I just, I did. I just gave up on superstition. <laughs> no, I no, no, not not really. I mean, I was. I know some people are superstitious, but I was like, I, I, I wasn't really. There were certain things like I can't. I didn't really have any. You know, I'd like if I. I had, a, I had a thing maybe, you know, I, I thought I had boots. You know, you might think, oh, I like this pair of boots, you know, because you scored a few goals in them or played well in them. And you might think, oh, I like these boots. And you didn't want to change them, even if it, maybe they were on the last legs. You just wanted to keep, you know, if you, but, but not really any superstitions like him. Like, go, he would, if, if so here's the thing, right? What about in the FA Cup? Well, if you won a round on the drive home, you had to go a certain way. Yeah, but, but and be staying in a certain hotel. But, uh, but what about you? You never. You saying you never the superstition. What about what? you and Stephen Evans? We You went to Carlisle for the third round of the FA Cup, and you went right. a wee bit lunch before you went to the game. Right. That was your routine for every round after that. Well, we never went to Carlisle when we went to South. What? We never went to Carlisle for lunch when we played when we played other teams. No, no, no. You went for a lunch before the game, yeah. wherever we were playing. Yeah, we, we went to the game together. We Brownie yeah. was our chaperone. He was our driver. Aye. Me and Steve, we, 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 we went wherever Brownie yeah. told us. It was a way for Brownie to get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's brilliant. Michael Robinson, the late Michael Robinson, he, used to, he, uh, he wrote a book in Spain. He went to Osasuna, he became a number one in the, the radio shows over there for the football. Top and he wrote, uh, he wrote a piece uh, and it was about the Liverpool dressing room. And how, I think he used the word superstitious, he was. And saying that he had to go into the toilet in a certain number. So there was somebody first in, and then second, and he went, no, he can't go there, I'm next. <laughs> but my, my dad told me a story that Lauro had told him that Michael Robinson used to have a dossier on all the referees, and he'd know the names, the name of the kids, the wife name, all that, and he'd go on the pitch and go, I had Jeff, you all right? How's Maureen? All right, yeah. I think how old's thinking now? And it, that was his way of like trying to influence the ref. Is that, do you, it, does that make any sense to you at all? Does it, do you remember that? I don't remember that, no. He didn't even know my dad's name. 
<laughs> it's clever though. Well, I'm guessing we um we we've left the game because we don't really want to talk about the game really, I suppose. But um, you know, we we've touched on a few positives. Looking forward into the next few games. Next game, Leicester, obviously a big game. What 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 are the what are the positives? What I mean, are you looking forward to seeing one of these two new lads we've got at the back? Um, we've got Jota possibly coming back. I mean, how do you feel going into the this next run of games? I think Jota is a name that uh, a lot of people have forgotten about. When he was when he was up and fire, yeah. he was. He, by the way, he made a huge contribution, and he played against Peterland and through one each, I think, and he got injured, and he's not been seen since. But he could come on and pick up the pace of the game and make a make a contribution by either scoring or setting somebody up. And you miss that. You miss yeah. that. When you get through the spell that, that we get through at the moment, usually the best players are the ones that are injured. That's just a fact of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're not really the best players, but that's no. what people say because you're not there. You've not made a mistake. Yeah. The, the Leicester game is a big game. Because we are in we are in uh we're in having a dog fight for Champions League sport. And when you play against people that are of the same milk as yourself, it's looking for that Champions League sport. Then you do yourself a favour if you can take points off them. They've been half decent as well, haven't they? They they look half decent. To be fair, I mean, I, I don't know is Vardy back, Gav. Ah, he came back. He came back midweek. Did he? But he might play in the FA Cup as well. They've got an FA Cup during the week. Mm. But also for for us, that was a great performance there last year. We've yeah, it was. That was one of our better performances. So if we can repeat that, we'll be quite happy. But mm. it's going to be difficult. Mm. Well, uh, I think uh, we'll leave it there, boys. But uh, thanks. Oh, for... why are you bored? Bored of us, Gav? <laughs> Only you, mate. Would you take? Would you take? You mentioned the eighty-one season there, where you finished. We finished fifth and won the the Champions League. Would you? Would you take that this season? Do, do you know what, Gav? Do you know what I would say? I I, I think it's more important to just knowing the finances of the club and in a COVID year, I think it's really important that we get in the top four yeah, uh, for, for, for the, fi- the Champions League don't. money. Yeah, but yeah. if you win the Champions if League. If you won it, then you get in it the next yeah. year, yeah. yeah. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. If you and win it, you get, you get in it next year. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. That's how we got in it after we won it in 05. They changed the rule then in 05. Because you can't have five teams from the world. Yeah, you, you knock someone else out, don't you? So whoever finishes fourth ends up going in the UEFA Cup. And that, would, that would seem logical that if you win it, you're back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, listen, if, if, I'd, I think the most important thing for the finances of the football club is to finish in the... to be in the Champions League next year. Uh, and whichever way we can do that, through the Champions League, through the league, doesn't really matter. Mm. Can you agree? Well, I think it is important. And I think it, to be fair, uh, family sports groups always been supportive and most of the time anyway, when going to buy players, they've spent money. 
there's loads of money on players. Even when Coutinho went, they just went on you go. Allison and Van Dijk came in, all that money. So they have been they have been uh, quite generous with their with their finances, and you would think uh, that's that's going to continue. I think we've we've we move onwards and upwards, and it never does. We only go where we are because. We've got a top-class manager because the players were top-class, but because we were able to buy players. So you still need to buy. And maybe sometimes, I thought Jota was a good buy in the summer, but maybe that was the time. It's like everything. Everybody goes back in hindsight and say, well, maybe that was the time we should have went out and bought a centre-back or whatever. But you've got what you've got. But certainly if you're in the... Champions League, it gives you a better budget to go and buy players, and it's a more attractive option for yeah. Play and that's that's the other thing you're keeping your players that you've got as well. You know, you hear a lot of players saying, "I want to play in the Champions League," especially the 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 international players that come in. Um, they 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 you know the Champions League to European players is bigger than the Premier League. So playing in the Champions League is is huge for not just being able to attract players, the finances, but also keeping your best players. Mm. Well, imagine how Diago feels. They're yeah. finally the World Club Championship, aren't they? Bayern Munich. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be brilliant, Dad. I think, he, I think he just needs... He just needs... You know, even if you look at some of the other players that have come into to Liverpool, a lot of them have taken a little bit of time to, to settle... You know, but I think that he's a. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. I love watching him play. Is 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 you know, and, and I think you made a big thing. I never really thought about it that about the other players need to get used to his level as well because he is a true world class player, Thiago. And the other players need to need to understand the pass he played. Who was it against? Where he, he played? He came in from the left hand side and he played the ball through for Origi, and Origi got a touch. Um, it was away from home. Recent game. Do you remember he came in from the left hand side and he played the ball into West the box? Was, was and Arigi just got there with the toe. Mm, West Ham. I mean, I, I don't know how he saw that. Mm. No, you know, Paul, uh, you would think he's got a turn in his eye because yeah. he's looking that way. He's looking straight ahead and it yeah. goes left. Yeah, but you, but, and I'm, I'm saying the players will get used to him, but. Sometimes when he does it, if you're the other, if you're the player that's here, you, you maybe yeah. get surprised. But it, it's real quality. It's but real you, quality of his passing and yeah, because that that was the one thing I would love is to have the the people back that the, they need back. Put them in a team, pick a team, put him in his best position. Yeah, right, and then say, so "There's the keys to the kingdom." Let, let's play for there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tell you, it was Dad, and I know you. You were, you were more the Tiago that would play those passes rather than make the runs in the hind. Well, I was the opposite. I was somebody like that. I lived on making runs in behind. That was it. And then the better players I played with, the easier the game was for me because I just ran uh, and I could time my runs quite well. Um, and I remember I came over to play. I was meant to sign for a team over here, DC United, and there was a Bolivian player called Marco Echeverri. And he was absolutely unbelievable, right? I mean, unbelievable. 
like South American number 10 playmaker, left-footed. And I, and I played the game with him and I remember I, he, 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 he wasn't looking at me and he played the ball into space and I never ran because he wasn't looking at me. I'd, I'd, I didn't run. So I was going back and he said, hey, look, even if I don't look at you, I see you. He said, so just run. He said, just run and I promise you'll find you. Next thing I was just taken off. And, and it, it was like, I can't believe he's got that through. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. And I think that's what Thiago's got. Thiago's got that ability that if you run, he'll find you. He doesn't even need to look at you. And he's like an absolute dream for a Mo Salah or a Mane or a Jota who make those runs in behind because he, he might be one of the best passers in world football. So have we stopped making those runs? I think the opposition have dropped off and defended the box really, really well. And there isn't actually that space in behind as much. But have we not and seen I think, that before? And what, what, we, what we're not doing at this moment in time, in my opinion, is that we're not putting the right service into the box. So we're putting high crosses into the box. And we've got Salah, sometimes Origi, Firmino, you know, and then Mane is brilliant in the air, but he's not in there. That as much as he was. Right. Um, I mean, Manny's a real threat on set pieces. When corners yeah. come in the box, Manny gets on the end of it more often than, than not. Um, but I think that we've just got to try and look. If we're going to, don't force a chance. You know, I don't, I think when we're at our best, we never force chances. There was patience in the play. There was a goal in recent weeks where we won, I think it was 3 1 or 2. It was Firmino came on, I think, and there was like little combinations and it was flowing little balls around the corner. And it was a brilliant goal, you know, but it was without thinking. You know, it was just we created the chance and it was little combinations. At this moment in time, I think we're forcing chances just because things aren't going as as well as we'd like them to go rather than actually being patient and creating chances. And I think just that little bit of patience, you know, and, and, and actually waiting to get into position to hit the cross and then hitting the right type of cross for the player profiles we've got will make a huge difference. But Paul, you've got to you've got to move in the box. You've got yeah. to be prepared to get in the box. And yeah. at that moment in time, they're a wee bit Yeah. Static. They your confidence and they go all oh, in and then they go start looking for it. And there's no yeah. difficult. There's no yeah. difficult. Just Get in the box. Yeah. Box. If you only get one touch a game and you score, brilliant. Yeah. But everybody, uh, want to get it, run about it. By the way, you've got to get in there. I think. I can't. I, I, Manny, Salah, top goal scorer. Yeah. You know, get in the box, Salah. Do you, do you know? Talking about moving in the box, there are the coach. I think it was Steve Foley, and he used to. He used to talk about moving. He said, "I've, I've never, I've never seen a dog piss on a moving lamppost." Is what he used to say. And he says, "Look, if, if you're in the box, you, don't be a lamp. You've got to be on the move because then, you, then you can't be marked." And it was funny. So it's always stuck in my head. I've never seen a dog piss on a moving lamppost. <laughs> so it's that's the movement in the box, right? You, you've always got to try and find space in the box. And sometimes what my dad used to say, Gav, which, uh, you know, it's obviously next level. He, he would say, you know, people say, oh, you've got to move, you've got to move. My dad used to say, well, sometimes if everybody's moving and you stand still and the space finds you, 
So it's, it's just about, for me, it's just about finding the space. You know, if you have to move to be in the space, great. If everybody else moves and you can stand still, it's all about being in space so you can, you can take that chance. Well, you don't need to find space sometimes. Yeah. A guy moving off you, you run off, right? And the guy that's with me thinks he's going to go with you. What do I need to move for? Yeah. I don't need to move because you've already created it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that when the wee doubt starts coming in. Well, that's it. Second guess yourself and then you might be just half a second late with your movement and then you're, you know, you're... you're you're either late, you could, you know, if you're not on time in football, you're either too late or too early. You know, you've got to be on time, and that's that's just that playing without thinking. Put the defenders under pressure. Make them make a decision. Let them make a decision. If they've got to put a challenge in, put a challenge in. But just remember, you're in the boat. It need to be a good challenge. Right, well, listen, I think we'll leave it there because can you look like you're ready for bed? By the way, Dad, Gav was brilliant. Gav was brilliant in the box. The Big Mac box, the Burger King box, the everything. Kentucky Fried Chicken special offer. Kentucky Fried Chicken box. Every Gav was amazing in the box. Have you finished? Yeah. Right. Listen, guys. Hey, ask Gav what he made this weekend. He posted a picture he sent oh. me like I was bothered. Mate, amazing. Absolutely amazing. You, we were talking about making desserts. That's why I sent you the picture, you don't. It's nice. Millionaire shortbread. Made millionaire shortbread. Amazing. Oh, you must be getting to pay too much by Ken Seven making millionaire shortbread. Why <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Anyway, well done, Ramsey. Thanks very much, and we'll see you again uh, next month. Thanks a lot for your time. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.